Resiliency Within, with host Elaine miller Karras is brought to you by Trauma Resource Institute, Incorporated. Visit TraumaResourceInstitute.com. Welcome to Resiliency Within, featuring your host, Elaine miller Karras. In unprecedented times, our beliefs and well-being are put to the test. When we take the things we've learned in life and look at challenges in a whole new way, we learn to develop resiliency, which can then be used to promote healing and personal strength. Now, here is Elaine miller Karras. Welcome to Resiliency Within. I am your host, Elaine miller Karras, and today's show is entitled Resiliency 2021, The Conference. We have, as a world community, been challenged in ways we have never seen before, with COVID-19 virus raging around the world, climate change emergencies, fires, war, social unrest, and just and also the regular windstorms of life that affect us all. Yet, gratitude, happiness, empathy, kindness, and courage can be cultivated when faced with the unspeakable heartache and tragedy of these human experiences. My guest today, Joy Miller, has asked world leaders from a really a tapestry of backgrounds to bring forth their wisdom on how to get through our current tumultuous times by asking them to reach into their hearts and share how they built well-being, even when faced with unspeakable tragedies. She will focus on personal empowerment and strategies to enhance resiliency as she elaborates upon her Resiliency Forum. Resiliency 2021 brings together participants from, oh my goodness, 94 countries. It's expanding across the globe, celebrities, globe influencers, and over 5,000 participants. So, you know, I really want to join. I'm so excited that people are listening, that you will join us and join her on our, I would say, unified global journey as we try to cultivate this well-being during these most difficult times. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Dr. Joy Miller, and there's more on the Voice America website um, that you can uh, read a a fuller bio of her. But Dr. Joy uh, Ehrlichman Miller is a leading international voice of building resiliency. She is an internationally known licensed psychotherapist, professional trainer, and author, and is the founder and director of Joy Miller & Associates in Peoria, Illinois. She is a CEO, co-host, and promoter of Resiliency 2021, the largest conference about resiliency on the planet. And you can, and I really want to encourage you to uh, sign up. It's, is it resiliency2021.com where you can sign up today and we're going to give you that webpage um, again. And so, you know, this is also, I want to say that, um, you know, I started the show um, in January and Joy is my first repeat guest. We had such a lively conversation the first time that we uh, we we spoke, and I um, I say to her with all um, humility that I feel she is my sister with another mother, that we think very like minded, and so it's my really it's my joy to have joy. I know that's such a redundancy there on the show today. So joy, as we get started today, what is on your mind with what's happening in the world right now? I think. Most recently, I've seen a dramatic change. It's almost as though people were really hopeful. I think people thought we were making the turn and they saw the possibilities. You know, we're going to be able to be with our family, with our friends. We're going to be able to eat out with our friends again and go to movies and do whatever. 
and that life would come back the way it was. And then I've seen this shift and I keep thinking about, okay, Joy, you're the one who's, who's doing this resiliency conference. You should know that there's going to be some stumbles even in our coming back. And we may go two steps forward and three back, but I feel like we're stepping back and we're seeing people being less hopeful, um, maybe feeling more of the pain right now and saying, is this ever going to stop? Is it ever going to to be better? Will we ever have our life back? And I keep thinking there's lessons here. There's lessons where we are right now, but it is hard and it's not what we expected. It's not like we're going to bounce back. We're going to bounce forward, but it's going to be a new forward, something that we've never seen before. Um, And I I just think that right now it's very challenging. You know, I couldn't agree more with you. I was thinking about this today because the last time we spoke, it was in March. And we were very hopeful because people were getting their vaccinations. There were some states starting to open up. Um, I think we were feeling that way maybe in the United States. And and I also want to say, because I know we have many listeners that are in other countries, but other countries haven't been as um, haven't had the vaccine available to them in the way that it's available in the United States. But then we've seen with this Delta variant that so much has shifted. And, you know, what I'm very concerned about and what many people have talked to me about are our children, because the Delta variant doesn't seem to be kind to children like the first derivations of this virus. And so the other part of, I think, my kind of despair about this too, which I I share this with you, is... Um, is the spitefulness. Um, some of the things I've seen where there's such a strong um, desire, let's say, not to get vaccinated or not to be masks. And then how do we stop this variant if we don't do public health measures? I guess that's my question. Um, because I'm, I'm glad that we live today and not, you know, during the plague when so many people died in Europe because we didn't know about public health measures then as we do now. And I think the other layer for me as well is the earthquake in Haiti. You know, the Haitians, um, I was there in 2010 after their earthquake in Port-au-Prince, and the Haitians taught me so much about how to keep going when faced with the most unspeakable traumas. You know, at that time, 10% of the people in Port-au-Prince died in that earthquake, and I'm now I'm seeing the numbers rise. I have heard from some of the people that I was able to share some an earlier derivation of the community resiliency model with and know that there's such great suffering there because I know their infrastructure is not con- terribly strong and they've just had such political upheaval. And then, of course, the images coming from Afghanistan and the the wars that have happened in the Middle East, and I, you know, there's so many. What's happened in Syria? I mean, you know, I've had the the privilege to go to Turkey and work with Syrian refugees who were coming over the border, and it's just the heartache of what's happening in the world. And you know, last time we talked together, we talked about your dissertation that you did on the Holocaust, and I I think it's really important, you know, in terms of the suffering, is that there are genocides happening right now to the Uyghurs, for example. And there are genocides happening and that have happened to our indigenous tribes all over the world. 
And sometimes that has not ever been acknowledged that that has been a genocide. So I, I think that I'm, you know, we've been talking about the social disparities and we've been talking about racism. And someone sent me something recently about everyone saying, oh, the racism, everything is getting so bad. And someone sent me a really interesting message. And I thought, That's, this is the truth. It's not that it's getting bad, it's that it's been bad, but it's getting uncovered. And because it's getting uncovered, some of us who may not have realized the full implications of what's happening are not are, are, are really getting hit hard of having this information now known to them. And so as we're, we've been talking about this, and we talked a little bit before the show started, this is really a time that we have to think about if all these things are true, we can get pretty desperate as individuals, as communities, as nations. But we also know, because we've spoken to them, we know them, that there are ways that people have gotten through the hardest of times. And that's not to avoid or ignore the suffering. And I want to make that very clear to anybody that's listening to us. You and I are not, um, even though I really like that movie, Pollyanna, we're not we're not, the, we're not that kind of person that doesn't also acknowledge suffering. So with saying that, um, I really want to just start out with you with knowing this is happening for you too, Joy. How do you get through? What's helping you get through right now? I've really thought about that um, for many reasons. Um, one, because I've, I've been studying for the last year how people are finding their way through the pandemic. Um, but for me, it's been allowing myself to to embrace not not having to be responsible for the world around me, but to be able to use this time to focus on myself and to heal myself and to just be alone with myself. I have never ever given myself time to just be with myself. And that's been the gift. And so in the last couple days, when I've watched the things, as you said, with Haiti or Afghanistan, it's time for me to quiet myself and, and to really look at how this is impacting my life um, and what I can do to help create a change. And, and before it was always about what could I do? It was never about what do I need inside me? What is, what is happening here? What, how is this about my, um, my growth? I just wasn't focused on that. And so I could never be resilient at times. And now I can, because I'm allowing myself the gift of hearing my own voice. And so that's been kind of, I guess, maybe the silver lining in the pandemic for you is this time for self-reflection. Yes. And, you know, I know from my dissertation that, uh, which was on how do people, how did women cope um, in Auschwitz? And the way that they did cope was through connections with others. And that was the number one thing that the women said because they had people that reached out to them or because someone was there and they spoke to them or smiled or they knew that they were going back to someone, 
they could make it through almost anything because of love. They could find love in the worst situations. There's still love. There's still caring. And that's what got them through it. And part of that love and that connection is also connection with self. And when I when I did some statistics this time, we have almost 5,000 people. And this year, I asked people, what helped you get through it? And there were three or four main things that people said. But the thing that really stood out to me was, first, they said that it was connections with family and, and, and the people around them. And then second, it was connections with friends and colleagues, and that helped them get through it. But the third thing that people said was the connection to self, and the self-connection could be through meditation. It could be through exercise. It could be from um, doing any kind of self-care or changing, you know, working at really changing the messages that you're giving yourself. It was the connection to self. And I think that's what I've had the luxury to find that during this time period. Well, and I, and I think that, you know, having grown up in kind of a Western paradigm perspective, you know, saying, oh, well, the, the, the attention to self to me when I was growing up would have been, oh, but don't be a selfish person, right? But there's a difference between self-interest and being selfish. And the self-interest has to do with cultivating that well-being because it's not only then about the self, because when we are more compassionate towards ourselves, what happens to our relationships with others? We tend to be more compassionate to others. And then that, that's like that pebble in the stream and the ripples going out that then that can, can impact everyone around us. And I also too have heard many people saying that this time alone and, you know, really kind of forced isolation for some has been a time that has been very rich in growth. It's also been a time that has been filled for some with suffering because they haven't had the luxury of those relationships and connections that we really know from research and just from even the, the trends that you're seeing when asking that question, how, how important that is for cultivating that. Um, so I'm wondering if there are any particular stories that you'd like to share about some of the, what the, what specifically um, some of the people have shared with you that you said, those are the three kind of buckets or uh, things that people have said, but is there anything that stands out to you as some of the things that they've said? I, I think what stands out to me, first of all, is my research 40 years ago um, showed that connections were, were the greatest um, coping skill for women. When I, when I put the statistics together, I thought it would come, I thought connections would be important, but I was surprised by the fact that there was no gender difference. Men were saying that relationships got them through it and are getting them through it and that their family um, was what was ha- helping them. That is not what happened in research 40 or 50 years ago with the Holocaust. That's not what men typically said. So I was excited to see the change. I was excited to hear people say how much family meant to them, how much 
Um, even in the darkest time, if I'm with my family, we can make it. Um, faith was number four on the list. And it was wonderful to hear so many people say that whether it was their faith as God or their spirituality, that they have something that keeps them strong. I think it wasn't when I, when I looked at the survey from almost 4,000 people, everybody was able to put down something. Mm-hmm. And most of it was about connections, but there was maybe only one or two people that said, I, I found nothing. Mm-hmm. Everyone was able to say, this has helped me, which I'm not saying we're not suffering. I'm not saying that we're not all struggling with loss and grief and um, maybe depression and anxiety through this time. But we do have skills. And I think this is the time to really find out more about ourselves and how we can be stronger. And so, you know, when you say that as well, I think that, you know, many times I've seen where people might even use the the metaphor, I feel like I'm just in the darkness. And I think what we're saying... We're going to give, maybe there's a flashlight. We're going to turn that flashlight on and we're going to show you that there's even in the darkness, there is light and to find that piece of light that might help you get through. Because even asking the question, and this is a question many people, if you've listened to my show before, I ask, you know, what else is true in your life and what has helped you get through hard times? And so for our listeners out there that may be struggling or suffering, even if it's been a long time since you felt that maybe you had a connection to someone that was close to you or that you had something that helped you get through hard times, it doesn't mean that you can't reach back there and pull that out into the present moment and remember and start thinking about those things and then to pay attention to what might be happening inside as you call up that memory. Because one of the things that I have learned and that I know to my toes is that we are biologically created to re- not only remember what has happened to us that may have cultivated our well-being, but to sense it in order to restore greater balance within our bodies and our minds. And so that, I think, Joy, is what we're calling people to do today as you're sitting there and you may be suffering from all the things that we just talked about. And sometimes we can feel a certain sense of helplessness, too, is, you know, how can I help the suffering faces in Haiti or in Afghanistan right now or in my own neighborhood. And sometimes we can feel powerless. But when we start working, I think, with noticing how to cultivate our well-being, sometimes it's like the cream rises to the top. It's like our brain starts thinking about solutions to not only our own problems, but the problems with our family and our community. And that's what I'm really encouraging everyone to start thinking about. And I think that's why, I, you know, when I think about joining forces with you, and I do feel like we have a, a joint um, hand-in-hand movement that uh, is really exemplified from the amazing Resiliency 2021 and 2020 that I was involved with last year and involved in this one as well. But let's maybe we should talk a little bit about the conference because we really are hoping that by awakening everybody's um, uh, remembrance of this conference that you all will sign up. Because it does, does it cost any money to come to this conference? Um, Joy? Absolutely free, and um, it's a four-hour 
conference that um, is hopefully a gift to the world. And one of the interesting things about this is that people have a short period of time. Is it about five minutes or less um, to, to really say something about what has sparked their well-being, their resiliency of what's helped them get through the difficulties in their own life? And you, so you're going to have four hours of this bucket of well-being, which is certainly what um, everyone uh, shared with me last time that, boy, they felt so good at the end. So if you're even go, grappling here going, gosh, Joy, I might, and Elaine, I might be one of those two people that I can't think of anything that's helping me get through. I think by coming to the conference, it might nudge you. And it might even inspire you to start thinking about some of the things that you might be able to create for yourself now that may, in fact, you know, change your life. You know, many of you may know that both Joy and I have been psychotherapists. So we have we have been with many people as they've suffered. And I think, you know, to, to kind of have these, these, these uh, two places where we've journeyed, you know, one from Illinois, one from California, and we're kind of now joining forces for this international conference is that this well-being has been, hasn't it been the core, how we cultivate that well-being in order to get through these difficult times? I don't know if you have any comments you want to say about that. Well, can I, let me go back a little bit. Sure, go ahead. What's even more unique about what we're doing is that we have right now 37 celebrities. And every one of the celebrities um, is donating their time and their talent. And they are speaking to what has helped them. So what's different about our conference is no one is doing a lecture with PowerPoints or talking about clinical issues or doing heady stuff. You have people like Alanis Morissette who looks you in the eye and talks about the struggle she's had and what she's done and how it, it, she found this worked, but this didn't. And she's talking from her heart. And then you have um, Glenn Close last year talking about her sister and who has schizophrenia and what that has meant for both of them to go through this difficult time and not be able to have connections with people and how that's affected them and what they've done and what, you know, little things they could accomplish that has changed and made it somewhat bearable or better. And it was a real conference. These were real people that you know You've seen, you love, you might admire, but they were talking from the heart. And that's what I hope this will do again this year is that we have 27 people who are going to be speaking from their heart and you will find out they're like you and we're all struggling and we're all trying to come together to help each other and to find new ways to be resilient, to find some empowerment, to endure, but mostly to thrive. And, and I think as you say that too, sometimes we might think that, oh, that celebrity has everything in their life. They have everything that they need. Oh, look at the way they sing. I mean, Alanis Morissette is such an amazing singer and Glenn Close, of course, is one of the most amazing actresses in the world. 
and oh, do they suffer? Do they have things that happen to them in their lives? And they also have to pull themselves into cultivating their well-being. And so I think that's where the humility comes in that I've seen in the conference, where people have shared the humbleness of their suffering with um, with us and also what's helped them. So I'm hoping that those of you that may be struggling or suffering today may come and listen and maybe hear some some of those little pearls of wisdom. Because I think the other thing, you have individuals like I, um, one of my favorite human beings on the planet is Sam Habimana, who is coming from Rwanda to also leave a message. And I want to talk more about that when we come back from our break because I think that one of the things that you've done this year is you've brought in more international speakers. And so if you can maybe share a little bit about that, um, Joy, when we come back, because we also have an international audience and we're hoping that all of those who are listening from, from close and afar will think about going to, I'm going to say it again, resiliency2021.com and sign up to, um, to listen to these presenters. And oh, what we haven't said the date. It's September 9th. Is that correct? September 9th, 2021. And of course, people are all different kinds of time zones. We won't even go there. <laughs> but it's being broadcast. Is it on Eastern time zone time? It is. And, and we can talk about um, some ways that we've tried to be creative because of the time zones, because we have so many people around the world that are going to be watching this. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. So I can't even, I can't even wrap my head around that. So we will be back in just a moment um, and we will um, talk more to Dr. Joy Miller about how she's influencing the world, bringing resiliency to our world community. And so we will be back in a moment. The Trauma Resource Institute is a nonprofit organization cultivating trauma informed and resiliency focused individuals and communities worldwide. Our mission is to take people from despair to hope. We believe in a world where every child and adult has the capacity to recover from highly stressful and traumatic experiences. Check out iChill, our free app that helps you learn the wellness skills of the community and trauma resiliency models. Go to TraumaResourceInstitute.com for more information. Elaine miller Karras' book, Building Resiliency to Trauma, The Trauma and Community Resiliency Models, is available on Amazon.com. The book is about how to cultivate resiliency during and in the aftermath of traumatic experiences. The book also addresses body-based trauma interventions combined with psychoeducation about the biology of trauma and resiliency. Elaine also offers personal consultations. For more information, you can contact her at Elaine at ResiliencyWithin.com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Elaine miller Karras co-founded the Trauma Resource Institute, Incorporated. The Institute provides trainings on the models Elaine developed, the Community Resiliency Model, or CRM, and the Trauma Resiliency Model, or TRM. 
If you would like more information about the Trauma Resource Institute or how to participate in trainings, visit the Institute's website at traumaresourceinstitute.com. That's traumaresourceinstitute.com. Trauma Resource Institute. Build resilience. Awaken hope. Your life. Your health. Your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Resiliency Within with Elaine miller Karras. To reach the show during our live broadcast, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to elaine at resiliencywithin.com. Now, back to this week's show. This is Elaine miller Karras, your host on Resiliency Within. And my guest today is Dr. Joy Miller, and we're going to continue our conversation about the Resiliency 2021 conference that she has is producing and bringing to places around the world. So, um, Joy, we were talking about the international element of all this. And so, can you share with us a little bit about how what's the, the shift between 2020 and 2021? You said there's a, a new perspective that you have since um, since producing the uh, conference? Um, last year, I mean, everything was a miracle. I'm, who would imagine that we could put something like this together? And last year, there were 27 presenters who donated their time and people from 69 countries. And to me, everything was just this amazing miracle that we could bring this to everyone and we could do it at no charge. This year, we've almost doubled everything. Uh, We have 37 presenters and seven global uh, influencers, which hopefully we'll have time to talk about. So now we have 40 speakers, 45 speakers almost, and we're in 95 countries as of yesterday. Um, And it's a miracle, but now I see it differently. Now I see the what's happening around the globe. I, I've read every single person's registration. I hear the voices and we're even going to start off our program with, you'll see people's names in different countries. And more than ever, I see the miracle of what we're creating with this and bringing people together. But I see the power of connections and how everyone is searching for a connection right now And that's the miracle, that we can come together without political anything, without any externals, and just be with each other and learn from each other and share with each other. And that's what we need, from my perspective, in the world right now, to be resilient and to thrive. I guess, I guess what I'm, well, let me, I want to paraphrase, I guess what I'm hearing you say is what it's important about is not our how we're divided or how we're different, but our common humanity. And when we, when you said those four, those four different things that people have said to you, that relationships, family, faith, um, and that really cultivating that self-awareness, either through prayer, meditation, self-reflection, how people are saying that not just in the United States, but they're saying that throughout the world. So there's so and and I guess that's my question too. Are they saying it throughout the world? Because then we're saying, 
Well, we're talking about our common humanity. And if, we, if there's a time in the world where we need to cultivate that, I mean, there's been so much war and divisiveness. There's been so much um, of the social injustices that we've seen around the world, the structural racism, we can go on and on. But then how do we pull out and cultivate that? Because I also want you know, people to hear that I'm not saying that we don't appreciate and respect differences, but that if we're going to make it together, we have to see the common thread amongst all of society, all of humanity. Am, am I getting that right? Is that, what, is that connected to what you're saying? Because I guess that's what's on my mind these days. Absolutely. I, I, I think this was, I think you used the word flashlight. This isn't just a flashlight and I'm seeing like, oh, wow, the world is changing. This is like a giant beam of light saying to me that this is about connectedness, whether it's the pandemic or adversity in general. The way to survive, to thrive is to find, see the worth in every person, to look at every person and know that they have something that they can share with you that will help you grow and vice versa. And that we have to come together because right now it feels, at least in America, I don't know how how many of your listeners are, are not from the States, but it feels like if we don't do something, we're going to split apart and then it's, it's really possible yeah. and that we need to find each other to be resilient. A resiliency can't come in a divided world. That's something else. It's not resiliency. It's a dogma. And that will not help us thrive. And I think when you said, I mean, I'm going to highlight the word, the worth of every person the worth of every person. And I think that's what we're both dedicated to. And certainly, you know, from the history of the, the Holocaust that happened in Germany, that what happens when you forget about the worth of every person and that you split people amongst regard because of religion or race or gender identification or sexual orientation. Um, and those tragedies sadly are happening right now. And we want to also say, we're, it's like we're, we're extending a hand to you. Come with us. We have this conference that's coming up that is, is, is one way to start thinking about things in a different way. And it's certainly not the only thing, but it's a beginning thing for many of you that may have not listened to these kinds of presentations before. But I think that's about, I think your conference is about cultivating the worth of every person on the globe. And, and so that kind of brings me to my next um, question. So can you tell us about the international speakers? I know some of them. Sam Habimana is the one that I mentioned from Rwanda. But um, you have Yasmin from Jordan, someone else I know. And is Alexander coming from Ukraine as well? Um, so so I, I, imagine, I imagine there's more, but there's some people that I know that I've personally met. So tell us about what you're doing with the international speakers. Well, this year, we decided to really highlight some of the programs that are happening in other countries. So you speak of Sam. So his, his portion is talking about what he's doing in Rwanda. And Yasmin is talking about what they're doing with, in Jordan and with 
her her partner Nadia and how in their business they're working with these families and and children and and creating um, a real change. And we also have someone from Canada who um, is part of a company that is resiliency bound and that they have all changed their life uh, in so many ways because they've had things that have drawn them to this company. And this company is totally dedicated to having everyone be resilient. And we have someone from Australia who has done this remarkable, remarkable resiliency program. And in fact, he is, he is going to give everybody who's registered for the conference the opportunity to take a full resiliency test, get a full report, and then you get to be on this app for a month and it teaches you all about resiliency. And so he's trying to change the world in that way by giving like what you do and giving and teaching people. And I think globally, we're seeing all these people just trying to give whatever little bit they have to help everybody connect. And that's what's miraculous to me is that it's extended past what we had. It's now, now, now this conference is about seeing the world and how we all have the same mission. And so you, you just mentioned the generosity. And I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit more to that, because I think that people, um, you're not paying the presenters to come and, and talk, are you? I mean, you have some pretty big celebrities coming um, and you're not charging people to come. So I just think that the generosity of, how you've set this up. And that really comes from the heart of you, Joy. And I'm going to bring Brian in on that too. Brian Robinson, who, who also I know is very involved in all of this. Um, so can you talk a little bit about generosity and what you've seen? Um, I guess I need to start at the beginning because I, I, I didn't, everybody kept saying, why don't you do a conference like you did two or three years ago and make it just a conference and charge a fee and do whatever. And I felt like that's not what the world needed. And I wanted to try and just give something to the world. And the first person I called was Aaron Brockovich. And I said, Aaron, we haven't talked for like six years. I'm trying to come up with this idea and I want to get name people that are well-known to share what they've been going through and how they've struggled and are, are making it through the pandemic. And would you be willing to just, just do a few minutes and give of yourself and, and just talk? And she said, joy, of course. Yeah. No big deal. Just tell me the date. Yeah, fine. (laughs) And it was like, Everybody I went to last year, it was the same thing of, yes, I'm there. And we, we just kept finding doors that were open. And the same thing has happened this year. People have actually said, this was so wonderful last year. Can I speak again? And can I do more? Can I do this? Can I do that? Um, And I think everybody's, 
everybody was willing and not just willing, eager to give of themselves and their talent with not asking anything in return. And how amazing is that today? Well, I think that also it's always the question I say, you know, what else is true in the world? And this, what else is true? We see so much sometimes in the media that you think, oh, my goodness, the world's just falling apart. And certainly there are suffer- there's suffering going on, but there's so much generosity that we don't necessarily, you know, have that beam of light on. And I think that's what you're doing with Resiliency 2021. That we have to remember that this common humanity, that the worth of every person, and that there is an international perspective about this. And I think about, um, I had the opportunity to go to Ukraine right before the pandemic. I was invited by Alexander, who's going to be on the show. And, you know, the Ukraine is in a kind of an unfortunate spot on the globe that many wars have been fought over this land. And consequently, there's been so much suffering. There's been genocide. There's been so much. But yet, uh, what I saw in the Ukrainians that I met was this incredible spirit. It's almost like you could just it was palpable that you could see this springing forth of wanting to make a better present and future for their children um, and for their whole population. And I, is that what you've seen in the, some of the other individuals that you've spoken with? I'm, that's, I'm curious. Well, I spoke to Alexander and, and we even talked about um, the presentation and it's, he, he's exuberant when you see him. I mean, it's, it's infectious because he just sees all the potential and that's, it's so wonderful. And there's so much excitement about the programs that everyone is putting together because they're seeing that it really helps and it's making change. And we really need to say who's going to be at the conference. I mean, it, it's yes, Aaron Brockovich and, and Elaine Miller-Karras is going to, yes, be, I'm going to be there. Uh, of course. You know, there's Ariana Huffington. There is um, the Honorable Pete Buttigieg, and I'm excited that Pete has agreed to be um, on the show. Um, What a wonderful, wonderful gift. We have um, uh, ex-Congressman Ray LaHood, who helped last year get Dr. Biden to be on our show, and I'm so grateful for his help with that. Um, We have Dr. Uh, Ian Smith, um, Allison Camarada, I was thrilled. This was like on my unbelievable list because I just love her. I think she has such a wonderful heart and she's um, very excited about participating in the show. Um, Oh my gosh, there are so many people I can't even remember. Um, Well, I'm just wondering too, you talked about global influencers. There's seven global influencers. So what what you know, I'm you know, sometimes people don't know what an influencer is. How is that different from a celebrity or just a regular person? So, can you illuminate us a little bit for those of us that may not know and then tell us who they are? Well, the the influ, I think when I think of influencers, I think they're people that change the world that have the way to be able to help people create a change. I can't just say, Elaine, that it's these six or seven global influencers because I feel like every one of the people that are talking are influencers. Erin Brockovich is an influencer. She changes our world every day by what she does and how she advocates. Alanis Morissette is an influencer. Alison Camerata. And then 
Elaine Miller Karras. Oh, gosh, and thank you. Know. Yes. So, um, yes, it's global. As I said, we we have people from all over the world, and we have um, speakers from Israel. We have speakers from Austria. I mean, we have nine different countries represented this year, and and I truthfully had to turn down people because we just didn't have enough time to put everyone on this slate this year. But I feel like everybody is influencing other people. I don't think that celebrities are coming to this webinar as a celebrity. They're coming as a person who wants to help change the world. And there's a big difference in that. Yeah. So, I mean, I I guess that's pretty, I guess we all, you know, I guess if we think about how we're cultivating our well-being, that once we cultivate our own well-being, that is also that ripple in the in the pool, isn't it? So that it really does impact everyone. And yet there are people that are the global influencers that have, you know, I, I don't know, they, their Twitter following is astronomical and that people listen to them when they they are they're speaking. And so they do have a great influence, which I guess I would say you are an influencer too, Joy, Joy Miller, in terms of what you're doing with Resiliency 2021. So, is how will twenty the, this conference will it be completely similar to twenty twenty or will it be dissimilar? What are some things that the lessons learned from the last year that you've imbued in resiliency twenty twenty one? I think the biggest lesson was the global impact and that we hadn't prepared for that last year. So I, I realized this year that if we're doing this conference from twelve to four Eastern time, that that means in Australia, it's two in the morning. And we had a lot of people last year from Australia, and we have over 150 people from Australia this year that will be attending, that we needed to be more creative. So we were, this year, we're going to put, um, once someone checks in, and they're actually on for part of the time or the whole time, they will be able for 36 hours to go back and it'll be on demand. And that's, oh, that's great. That's okay. good. So that, you know, we have a lot of time zone differences. So people will be able to not only go back and watch it again, but maybe watch it again and see different parts that they weren't able to really concentrate on. Maybe they can't take four hours off work. The other thing was we decided to make it um, shorter Last year, some people were talking for eight minutes, some were six, some were uh, four, but we've, everybody has a very short directive time to talk about whatever, but we have a lot more diversity. So we have a lot of, this year we have um, some amazing musical talent. And sometimes I think we forget that people influence not just with their message and their voice, but through what you know, other mediums. And uh, last year when Omar Wilson sang, wow, I think it opened up so many people because it was just this amazing opening from the song. So so who do you have that's going to be sharing their music with us this year? Well, Omar will be back. We have um, Alex. um, Oh my gosh. 
Harris. <laughs> I had to think yes. about that for a while because there are two Harrises, and he will be singing. Matthew Alexander will be singing. Obviously, Elena Smorset is there, but she will not be singing. Um, so this year we have like three or four. Um, last year we only had had one act, person, two people sing. So I think we're going to have more of that and some diversity. People are really going to be um, trying to reach people in a different way. Well, I also noticed that last time you had some movement. You had people doing different exercises with us. Will you have that this time as well? Um, we're going to do um, more meditations this year. Okay. So there will be some actual guided meditations. We're also going to be doing um, some real interesting um, work with trying to help people become aware of some things that are happening. We're going to be trying to raise money for first responders. Once again, it's a free event. So we're asking for donations and offerings. Um, We also are going to be doing one unique thing, and that is, uh, some of you know Edith Eager, and I I know that you know Edith Eager, who is one of the most life-changing authors that the world has seen. She's I think yeah. 94 or five and a Holocaust survivor. But and I think that Oprah said she was the most amazing person she's ever met. I mean, most- Oprah's met everybody on the planet. So I thought, oh, my goodness. She said that about I had the great joy of having lunch with her more than once. And um, what an amazing person she is. Well, the gift this year is that we have we have been able to create the ability and Edith will now become a hologram. <gasps> How lovely. Um, the Illinois Holocaust Museum in Chicago ha- is heading out the project. And this October, we will start taping. And Edith is going to become a hologram. And that means for generations to come, they will be able to ask questions of Edith and in real time see her as a hologram to answer their questions. And so we're going to be trying to make people aware of the project and to help raise some money for an introductory um, kind of overview so that they know a little bit about Edith. And I think, I mean, I get I get registrations from Thailand, from Australia, from the Netherlands. One came in today, all talking about Edith and yes. how she's changed their lives. lives. And, um, and so just so you know, holograms are, um, they, um, many different projects have holograms and they interview the person and they ask them just a million questions. And so then that hologram is available for in perpetuity forever where someone can come and ask that question. It's already, it's, I mean, the technology is amazing. So that means that the wisdom of Edie will be there forever. And so that, you know, 30 years, 50 years, 100 years from now, people will be able to hear the wisdom of what she learned from her survival, for her thriving, and how she's contributed to the world as a result of the great suffering um, that she experienced during the Holocaust in, in, um, I think she was in Austria, in Uh, one of the camps. Yes. She was in Hungary, and then was in Auschwitz at 16, and danced in front of Mengele. So, she has some amazing stories that we should amazing say that the hologram is a real live appearing person. You have a real conversation 
with someone that's sitting in front of you that looks like they're right there. That's the power of a hologram is that it's human-like. It's You will be able to ask her anything and you'll feel like you can touch her. Well, and I just want to say one thing about her um, as well is that she dedicated her life to uh, service members, to veterans. And she worked in San Diego for many years. Um, and it was because um, a service member saved her, pulled her out of a pile and saw that she still had breath. And from then on, her dedication was to help them with their suffering. And she told me once that when people felt that they couldn't reach a veteran, they'd always come and get her because she could reach them. In the, and she's just the tiniest of persons, too. She's such a ball of fire. So I hope that you all come to you know, listen to all the presenters. And, if you, and really, Edie is a treasure of the planet. I would say, and to have her on the presentation and this great gift of the hologram. Oh, I'm, I'm, I've got tears in my eyes for that one, um, um, Joy. So, we only have a few minutes left. Is there? I just want to um, remind individuals. So, where? How can they sign up for your conference? September 9th, twenty twenty one, and say the website again. Okay, it's resiliency twenty twenty one dot com, and it's a very simple process. Just go in. It's a Zoom presentation. And the other thing I would like to really remind all of our listeners to remember what else is true. We have again heard from our lovely guest, Dr. Joy Miller, about how she continues to have that beam of light towards people all around the world who've suffered and have somehow found the strength within to make it through. And that didn't come without tears and all sorts of suffering. And yet, they imagine to go forward in a different way, not bouncing back. I think that's important. How can you ever bounce back to be the same way? And maybe you don't want to bounce back to where, where you were before, but how they've cultivated their well-being to create a different world for themselves and for the people that they love and care about. And I'm going to just remind you to nurture those relationships that you have, no matter how difficult they may be at times, because they're also the ones that help you get through the hardest of times. So, Joy... Thank you so much. And until next time, um, this is Elaine miller Karras, Resiliency Within, signing off until the next time we meet. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this week for Resiliency Within. Please tune in again next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Elaine miller Karras on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again soon. 